Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblade. Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world, here on a spooky day. Uh, I'm Skyblaze and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Uh, it was my original intention to pre-record this because we were going to go out, but um, the people we were going to hang out with are either ill or out of town, so... Uh, and my pre-record attempt didn't save properly, so here I am. Uh, I'm kind of glad actually, because uh, it wasn't the same uh, when I couldn't interact with the Discord. Because I, I, I missed you guys in the Discord. Hello Discord people. Uh, who have we got? We've got Pocket Larry, Gabe. Is Gabe a new person? Hello Gabe. Uh, Nicholas Aman, my husband Grayfor. I'm not sure who else is around. Who else is around? Uh, Green Viper was around earlier. I think Gavi and Jamie were around earlier as well. Uh, shout out in the Discord if you want to um, me to mention you. But uh, this evening I am going to be talking about House of the Dead. A on-rails shooter game that many of you will know and have probably played at one point or another. My husband Greyfor even actually owned a House of the Dead 1 arcade cabinet um, back when he still lived uh, down south with his parents. Git. He sat there grinning at me. Now, all of the House of the Dead games uh, would be appear first in the arcades as light good cabinets, and then they would be ported onto home consoles where you would either need to use a controller to detect, uh, direct your uh, aiming reticule, or purchase a light gun accessory if you wanted the original arcade feel. Only available on CRT cabinets unless you're playing the Wii version. Uh, in which case you'll need one of those little plastic gun things. We've got one of those, haven't we? Kicking around somewhere? You put your um, Wii Remote and uh, Nunchuck into? Uh, Nicholas Mars saying, do the parents own House of the Dead now? <laughs> no, I, I think they sold it, unfortunately. Um, which is a shame, even though I, I we live in a third floor flat. I have no idea where we put the thing. Anyway, moving on. So starting where it all began, we have House of the Dead, released in 1996. The story is actually, and slightly confusingly, set in 1998, where AMS agents Thomas Rogan and his partner, who is known only as G, are heading to the Curian Mansion after Thomas receives a call from his fiancée, Sophie Richards, who is apparently trapped inside. Arriving at the Curian Mansion, a wounded man outside the aforementioned mansion hands the agents a journal which contains information on the creatures uh, that Curian has created and their known weaknesses. This obviously comes in very useful. As Thomas and G make their way into the mansion, they find Sophie, who is then immediately abducted by a winged gargoyle-type creature that flies Sophie towards the mansion. Working your way through the mansion, you'll encounter various undead creatures, as you might expect, considering that the game is called House of the Dead, as well as fleeing scientists, who you can try to save for bonus health pickups. The game is split into chapters, at the end of which you'll find a boss. Each of these bosses will be named after one of the Tarot Major Arcana, the first of which is the Chariot, 
an armoured humanoid wielding a bodish that you find attacking Sophie. Once you have taken down the chariot, Sophie tells Thomas and G to stop Curian before something terrible happens and then she appears to die. Hmm. Appears to. I'm sure that won't be relevant later at all. No. The agents then encounter the gargoyle from the start of the game who is known as the Hanged Man. He is on the rooftop and manages to, and they manage to take out this the gargoyle hanged man thing. Travelling deeper into the mansion, Thomas and G finally meet Kyrian, although he does manage to escape and bars your way with an armoured spider creature called the Hermit. Okay, let's have some music then. Uh, so, from House of the Dead Arcade, we have the third chapter, Truth. And then our first request for this evening is from Audio Sprite, House of the Dead Necrodancer. And that one was requested by Pocket Larry. Enjoy that, and I'll speak to you after this break.
and we are back and that was when I scroll back up to figure out where I was uh, audio sprite house of the dead necrodancer and that was requested by pocket Alary. and then before that we had from the original house of the dead arcade game the third chapter so uh, electric boogaloo has joined the chat and reminded me that they did actually request something like two weeks ago for the show <laughs> So I've just managed to add it in. Ah, nothing like doing things last minute, eh? So carrying on with the story from the, House of the original House of the Dead arcade game, uh, our brave heroes, or something, find themselves in Kyrian's laboratory. Kyrian unleashes his greatest creation, the Magician, whose theme you will pretty much everybody associates really strongly with uh, House of the Dead. However, the magician does not take kindly to being bound to serve a mere human, so attacks Kyrian and then turns its attention to Thomas and G. On defeating the magician, and with Kyrian apparently dead from his injuries, Thomas and G leave the mansion, with Thomas feeling remorse over the loss of Sophie. And then, depending on how well you did during the game, you will get one of three different endings. The bad ending triggers if you complete the game with less than 6,000 points and didn't use a continue. Here the camera pans back to the mansion doors, which open to reveal Sophie is now a zombie. The good ending triggered if you complete the game with more than 6,000 points, and again didn't use a continue. Here the camera pans back to the mansion doors, which open to reveal Sophie who is alive and well, and gives you a nice thank you. How lovely. The neutral ending triggers if you do not meet either of these conditions, where the game ends with the camera just facing the mansion. Right. Now moving on to House of the Dead 2. This game was originally released in 1998 and again set two years in the future, so set in year 2000. Here you play once again as AMS agents, this time a pair named James Taylor and Gary Stewart, who are investigating a zombie outbreak in Venice. An intro scene plays where a small flying imp attacks the car that you're driving in, causing you to stop. Fighting your way into a nearby library, you discover a number of other AMS agents that were with G, who had disappeared while who was looking further into Curian's operations. One of these agents passes over a journal to the pair which shows the bosses and their weaknesses, in a similar mechanic to the first game. I understand that in later games uh, this was replaced by a kind of uh, phone camera overlay system, which acted kind of like a head up, heads up display showing the boss weaknesses. But I've not, I don't think I've really played many of the later ones. James and Gary soon encounter their first boss, who is called Judgment, an axe-wielding, headless suit of armour, uh, with the imp from earlier acting as the weak point. The axe-wielding, headless suit of armour just reminds me of some of the bosses from uh, one of the Golden Axe games. Anyway. Similar to the first game, you will have numerous undead to contend with, along with opportunities to rescue civilians for bonus points and health packs. Uh, Dorian uh, Grefor is saying Thomas's code name is hilarious. Oh. Yeah, it's Eager Eagle. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. I can't remember playing the second one. I know I've played the first one and the third one. I don't remember anything about the second one if I've ever played it. Alright, where was I? 
Your next boss is the Hierophant, an aquatic creature wielding a trident who leaps into the air to attack you and can summon zombie fish, of all things, who fly out of the water to try and bite you. Was Junji Ito involved in this? Hey, moving on. After this fight, we found out that this outbreak was caused by a man named Caleb Goodman Goldman, who was the man that originally funded Curian's experiments. Goldman then tells the agents to meet him at the Colosseum, where, which they suspect is a trap. No, duh. But with no other leads, the agents make their way there. On the way there, their path is blocked by the Tower, a Hydra-like monster whose main head then manages to escape and attacks James and Gary from underground. As you do. Once dispatched, James and Gary receive a phone call from a fellow agent called Amy Crystal, who is at the Colosseum and trapped with another agent called Harry Harris, who is also who is injured. Harry Harris. Your, your parents were incredibly creative there. Well done, Pat. And Gabe is saying uh, that House of the Dead 2 was the first game on the Sega Naomi hardware. Again, uh, the Sega Naomi shared... Uh, I did an episode on the Sega Naomi. Uh, shares a lot of similarities with the Dreamcast, which is why almost all of the Sega Naomi games were subsequently ported to the Dreamcast. And made very good ports. Let's have a bit more music then, shall we? Uh, so from House of the Dead 2 uh, Arcade, we have Dawn, which is the Stage 5 BGM. And then another request we have from Zombie Revenge, this is Hell on Earth, and that was requested by Nicholas Haman. So enjoy that and I will speak to you after this music break.
Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. This is Nicolas Aman, the demon ruler of the Radio Sega playlist. And you're listening to... The Hidden Palace. Zombie Revenge Hell on Earth, requested by Nicholas Aman, our demon ruler of the Radio Sega playlist. And before that, we had from House of the Dead 2 Arcade, Dawn Stage 5 BGM. So, our heroes James and Gary finally make it to the Colosseum and have to face off against Strength, a giant chainsaw-wielding zombie. So going back to basics on this one, are we? Chainsaw-wielding zombies. It chases the pair through a maze of passages which have appeared from the grounds around them. After working out that Goldman is holed up at his company's central building, James and Gary make their way there, working through a boss, boss rush, I can say words, of the past bosses, Judgment, Hierophant and the Tower. Once they reach the front of the building, an explosion happens above them and a revived magician from the first game arrives to fight James and Gary. Told you he was iconic. Following this gruelling fight, Dua make their way to the top floor, and Goldman, James and Gary bear witness to the birth of the Emperor, who was designed by Goldman to protect nature from humanity. 
I'm I'm not sure that like creating undead is exactly like the the right direction to go in when no forget it. As his birth was premature, the Emperor is not as strong as Goldman had hoped. So once James and Gary have beaten him, Goldman kills himself by throwing himself off the top of the building in order to avoid capture. Big stream. As the credits roll, we follow a route back down to the lobby and exit into the sunshine. However, as with the first game, you then have multiple endings, which include the good ending, where Thomas Rogan appears telling James and Gary that G and Harry are alright and they should get on with their next battle. The normal ending, where James and Gary are greeted by G, Amy and Harry, along with all the civilians you saved. Yay! I would have thought that that's, that's a happier ending than the actual good ending, but hey-ho. And then there is the bad ending, where James and Gary find the zombified Goldman, the screen then goes blank and there's a gunshot. Yay! Good grief. Uh, Nicholas Mann is saying, I couldn't quite figure out whether writing, when writing Tomatoes episodes of Individual, his show, which is great, uh, what differences were between Route A and Route B versions of strength. I guess the background in some part of their next battle was just to fight Goldman again. Yeah, it is a bit. Right, the final game I'm going to talk about this evening uh, is House of the Dead 3. This one was released in 2002, and instead of being set two years forward in time, it's actually set in the post-apocalyptic future of... Wait for it... 2019. The jokes write themselves. Is it, it's not set in Britain, though, so, you know... Talk amongst yourselves. Anyway. The game starts with you playing as Thomas Rogan and Dan Taylor, captain of the secret division. Thomas is heading to tackle undead incidents. The pair make their way through a lab which is filled with zombies. Oddly enough, in this game, I'm going to loop my talk back. Where was I? And as they reach the final room in the lab, they are knocked unconscious by a hulking brute who is dressed in a security guard outfit. It's a bit more Resident Evil than uh, Has the Dead, but ho-hum. The game then picks up two weeks later, on Halloween no less. Dun dun dun! As G and Thomas's daughter Lisa Rogan arrive to rescue him. The security guard is soon revealed to be known as the tarot card Death. Huh. It's funny they haven't used that one before, actually. <laughs> and he chases the pair while swinging his skull-encrusted club at them. That's pretty stylish, I'm not going to lie. Once they manage to reach an elevator, you have a choice of three floors in which to continue their search. On the EFI genome ward, they find a large cage with bodies hanging from the ceiling. The doors to the cage then snap closed as they are attacked by a sloth-like creature known as the Fool. The biolab sees G and Lisa fighting against tendrils alongside zombies. They then encounter the source of them at the centre of the floor. This is the Sun, who is a large mutated plant creature. I put that in the wrong place, whoops. Finally, in the 
Information Systems Department West Wing, Lisa accidentally triggers a security alarm, which starts blocking off parts of the floor. While looking to find a way out, they are chased by Death again, who has somehow managed to hunt them down. Again, it's a bit Resident Evil, but that's okay. So let's have some more music then. So, um, I'm not actually talking about this game today, but it's got it, the, the track is actually pretty cool. Uh, and our third request for this evening after that. So first of all, we've got from House of the Dead Scarlet Dawn, The High Priestess. And then from House of the Dead 3, Door to House of the Dead 2. And that one was requested by Electric Boogaloo. So enjoy those and I'll be back after this music break to finish off talking about House of the Dead 3.
looking for the best baked goods, come visit the house of the bread. Whole grains are waiting for you. Suffer like she did if you miss out. House of the Dead 3, Door to House of the Dead 2, requested by Electric Boogaloo. And then before that we had from House of the Dead, Scarlet Dawn, The High Priestess. Now one of the interesting aspects of House of the Dead 3 is that between each chapter we're shown cutscenes of Curian who is talking to his terminally ill son Daniel, who is talking about breaking the boundary between life and death. Lisa and G eventually make their way through the same lab stage that Thomas and Dan did at the start. They are reunited with Thomas. Sadly, Dan did not make it. We are instead introduced to Daniel Curian, who is now a grown man, and managed to overcome his illness, likely thanks to the work of his father. But he is looking to atone for the sins that his father's experiments, which have effectively destroyed the world by this point. You know, zombie apocalypse and all that. 
As G takes Thomas to safety, Lisa and Daniel go to stop the final boss. The Wheel of Fate, who is in fact Curian, who has undergone a long resurrection process following his death in the first game. Yeah, we all knew he'd be back, didn't we? Following the end of the Wheel of Fate, we are then shown one of four endings. The canon ending happens if you achieve a final rank of B or less, where Daniel, G, Lisa and Rogan leave the facility. Daniel then vows to return should humans go, along, go, go down the wrong path again. Meaning presumably start to interfere with the boundaries between life and death, like his dad did, I guess. The remaining three endings will happen if you manage to get three or more A or S ranks and have a certain boss be defeated in Chapter 4. If death is the boss you defeat in Chapter 4, Daniel will lose the will to live and turn into a zombie. Should Sun be the boss of Chapter 4, the van that Lisa and G arrive in is stolen by a zombie and Lisa gives chase. So, comedy ending, I guess. Finally, should the fool be the boss of Chapter 4, a mysterious man in a business suit is seen picking up a vial off the floor of the laboratory, muttering that Curian did not understand its true purpose. Ominous noises. <laughs> uh, Gabe is mentioning Typing of the Dead. Uh, I have plans to cover Typing of the Dead in a future episode. Um, I might save it for next Halloween, maybe? Uh, there's some other House of the Dead spin-offs that I'm probably going to talk about as well. But Typing of the Dead is one of them. So yeah, let's have some more music. Um, last music break before Chiptune Corner. And because it's actually a really good mix, uh, from Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed, we have Graveyard Gig, which is a remix of Theme of the Magician from House of the Dead. And then after that, we have for another track from House of the Dead 3. This one is called Memory of the Dark. So enjoy those, and I'll be back after this to do the Chiptune Corner.
With food shortages on the rise, we all need to be careful on what we throw out. With that in mind, we ask that you keep your rolls, cakes, and loaves from a trip to the bin. And instead, bring them to the House of the Bread. With our new Curian Catalyst, we can raise your bread from the dead, turning the quality of your loaves from 1 to 11. As in leavening, you know, like yeast. <sighs> I thought it was funny. Anyway, come on down to the House of the Bread, and we'll make your rolls delicious again. Just... Yep, just like G did. House of the Dead 3, Memory of the Dark and before that we had from All Stars Racing Transformed, Graveyard Gig, which is a remix of uh, the theme of The Magician by Richard Jacks. Uh, Nicholas Amand saying, I really should get English of the Dead soundtrack on the Radio Sega playlist at some point. I haven't even listened to it even though I've downloaded it. Uh, can, can you also fix the fact that half of the House of the Dead entries are labelled as House of the Dead and half of them are labelled as THE House of the Dead? That really threw me earlier. I was like, what? Why have we got two copies of House of the Dead, Overkill, and not the original on, or three? I, I'm confused. And then, and then Nicholas said, they're under THE House of the Dead and I had to go and have a lie down. It made me twitch. 
I'm sure he'll fix it at some point. Uh, uh, Nicholas, I, 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 I jest, but Nicholas is actually very hardworking. And so is Twinny, who has done a wonderful job on our socials this evening. As usual, absolutely superb uh, work. Now then, on to the Chipchun Corner. In keeping with the theme of all things spooky for this month, this week's entry into the Chipchun Corner is Dead Beat Blast, a performing artist who uses old game consoles to produce music in a variety of styles, including industrial, electronic, glitch and jungle, among others. And I will put a link to his... where is it? His SoundCloud into the chat. Uh, I encourage you to check it out. Uh, is soundcloud.com forward slash deadbeatblast. You can also find him on Twitter under the same name. And I'm going to play you uh, a track of his called Sinistar. Those of you who are of a certain age or know a lot about retro gaming will probably know where that comes from. So here we are. We've got Deadbeat Blast with Sinistar. Have a listen. Let me know what you think. And I'll be back after this to close out the show.
And we are back. And that was Deadbeat Blast with Sinistar. Uh, at least one person in the chat thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, Jamie uh, asked, immediately asked for a link to, to the track. Uh, and he says, uh, definitely sounds like some Sid or Sid-like sounds have been used in this. You could be right. Uh, frustratingly, his bio only says that he uses old game consoles and uh, computer hardware to produce music. It doesn't specify which ones. So I don't know. But thank you everybody for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, stay tuned for SNS, which I think actually is pre-recorded. And tomorrow there will be Sega Mixer Drive and I think the LMC book. And I will be back next week. I am not sure what I'm talking about next week, actually. If you have any ideas, feel free to let me know over Discord or uh, Twitter, where I'm at Blazing Skies. Or you can reach me through the official Radio Sega Discord, Twitter or Facebook um, the weekend after, I'm actually not here because I'll be doing a live DJ set uh, at the Meltdown Esports Bar in Sheffield for as part of the Steel City Chiptune um, series of events. If you are interested, um, please come along. Um, check out the Facebook page for Meltdown. You should be able to find it through there. Or contact me directly and I'll point you in the right direction if you are after tickets. Anyway, uh, I have one more track that I'm going to play, and uh, again, in keeping with the spooky theme, we have from DJ Pretzel, who is one of our friends over at OC Remix, we have Ghouls and Ghosts, with the improbable name of Psycho Underpants, which makes sense if you've played the Ghouls and Ghosts games, I guess. I've been Skyblaze, and this has been The Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Take care, everybody. Good night.
enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.